right, everybody. Welcome back to the Comedy Castle podcast. I'm Joel Fragamani. I'm going to be your host telling you what's going on this weekend at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. It's Sklar Brothers weekend. There are headliners. You guys know the Sklar Brothers from everything. <laughs> and we uh, I'll talk to them in just a couple minutes. It's a real fun talk, too. Uh, but let's get into the week. Let's get into all of the shows that we have. And there's a lot of them. Uh, Tuesday, February 27th. The Advanced Comedy Class Showcase starts at 7.30 p.m. These are my students from the Advanced Comedy Class. And we got some real, real good ones for you this time. I think one of the highlights is certainly going to be the return to the comedy stage of Steve Smargon. If you're not familiar with Steve, he's a comic who's uh, been touring the Midwest regularly as a headliner for years and years. Was the winner of the Clean Comedy Challenge, uh, I believe, two years in a row. Big name. Why is he in my comedy class? Well, Steve had some health issues, and this is his first show back on the stage in months. And he decided to take the advanced comedy class. Love Steve. It's a super honor to have him on in my class and on this show. We've also got Dan Britton. He's going to be guesting. You guys might know Dan. He was the uh, feature act just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and just a whole fun group of comedians were really, really good. Uh, the Advanced Comedy Class Showcase, 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday, the 27th. It's going to be a good one. And then Wednesday, the 28th, we've got Masood Boomgard coming in for one show at 7.30 p.m. Uh, he, he does a... <laughs> I've been watching his YouTube videos and found them very funny. Self-Help Sing is a persona that he does as a phony Indian uh, uh, self-help guy, and it was really funny. So I enjoyed uh, some of that stuff. He's got that show on Wednesday at 7.30. And then the Sklar Brothers come in for five shows, 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, the 29th, March 1st at 7.15 and 9.45. That's your Friday. And Saturday at 7 p.m. and 9.30. Uh, we're going to talk more with the Sklar Brothers in a minute here. So stay tuned. And then we got a Sunday show. Another one of my favorite guys, Renan Hirschberg, will be here for one show Sunday at 7 p.m. Uh, you guys might be familiar with uh, Renan if you came to the Comedy Castle to see Kathleen Madigan. Boy, uh, for three, four, five years running, her opening act, uh, she insisted on it because he was that good, was Renan Hirschberg. And now Renan uh, works out of New York City. And uh, has been on The Tonight Show, The Late Late Show, and Comedy Central. Um, he's super funny. He's one of my favorite guys. Uh, Renan will be there for one show at 7 p.m. on Sunday. All right? Those are the shows coming up. All right? Should we hit the comedy classes? Let's do that, too. Advanced comedy class, I say they wrap up this week. Next session, Saturday, March 9th. Call the Comedy Castle at 248-542-9900 to sign up for that one. Sun Saturday, March 9th at 1230. We meet for six weeks. You'll love it. It's super fun. And, of course, the beginner comedy classes, the 101 class with the great Bill Bouchard, those are starting all the time. Every four or five weeks, there's a new one. We've got Saturday and Monday classes for the beginner comedy class. So, again, call the club, 248-542-9900. If you've never done stand-up comedy, here's your shot. 
at our comedy classes. All right. All right. Plugs out of the way. Let's talk about the Sklar brothers. Let's talk about this interview that we did. If you, I think everybody knows the Sklar brothers. When I told my girlfriend, I'd be interviewing the Sklar brothers. She said, who are those guys? And I showed him a picture. She goes, Oh, I like those guys. Very likable dudes. They've been around for a very long time. I think most people will remember cheap seats from ESPN classic that ran for years and years on that. They do a lot of stuff with the sports uh, Jim Rome, we'll talk about uh, him on this show. You'll hear some talk of the Jim Rome show. Um, or I did not know this before I interviewed him. We're at Ann Arbor. They started uh, doing comedy. One of the first places they played was Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. They also did do a gig in the early days at the Comedy Castle, and you'll hear about that. Um, we talked about what it's like being a two-man show. What's it like working with your brother? Uh, is it easier or harder? How do you decide who's doing what? It was a really fun talk. Uh, these guys have been on every show. If you look them up on Wikipedia, uh, between podcasts, talk shows, sports shows, um, shows like better call salt have had the Sklar brothers on acting. Uh, they've been around forever and it's cause they're great dudes. They're super funny. Uh, you know, we'll talk about how their act has changed over the years, what they're talking about now and why that's more relatable. A lot of interesting stuff. It was a real nice talk, um, with Randy and Jay Sklar. Um, and the one thing I will say too, is I had to put in there some talk about the Bernstein commercial they did a couple years ago that aired during the Super Bowl. You might've seen it with, uh, the Detroit sports legends. I got some interesting, I thought it was interesting anyway, <laughs> little factoid about me and that, uh, commercial. I learned some things about the Bernsteins that I did not know in their relationship with the Sklar brothers. I thought that was interesting. That commercial has 10 million views on YouTube. Amazing. Pretty cool. People kind of make fun of the in comedy, kind of a, a, a you know, oh, Bernstein's. They make jokes about their commercials and stuff. Commercials are really good now. They ain't using the Sklar Brothers. They're using Barry Sanders. It's kind of good stuff. And Beth has been to the club, and she's a nice lady. I like her, so don't make fun of the Bernsteins. They're doing great stuff. All right? All right. I don't know what else to say. Do I need to say anything else? Why don't we just turn it over? To the Sklar Brothers. Here you go, guys. And I'll be back right after we talk. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line, what a what a treat that I get to talk to the Sklar Brothers today. Randy, Jason, welcome to the Comedy Castle podcast. How you doing? We're Thanks, great. Joel. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. It's uh, this weekend coming up, the Comedy Castle. Yep. This may be the Comedy Castle debut of the Sklar Brothers. Am I wrong about that, uh, Randy? You are you you are wrong about that because oh. when we were in co when we were in college at Michigan <laughs> okay. from ni ninety to ninety four, we uh, we performed. That was the first place we got paid. Oh wow! To perform, okay. Which was yeah, we hosted we hosted a Monday night like best of Detroit okay. showcase show. And that was the first time we got paid 50 bucks to split. <laughs> we were millionaires yeah. literally. And which by the way, 50 bucks in 1993 or 1994, that is worth at least $65 today. So, <laughs> Well, I, I yeah. think, uh, you know, I don't know. I have not hosted a show for money at the club in a while. It may be the same okay. money now, guys, but uh, it might be. <laughs> not for headlining, not for what you guys are getting. No, that Monday no. night, you no. guys got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
to rock the house. Thank you. We are very excited to come. So it is a it is a homecoming for us. And of course, we've seen Mark himself at um, at the uh, just for last yeah. last festival. And I just love the guy so oh, much. Yeah. So to be able to come back, it's just the greatest. Yeah. Mark is uh, one of the real good guys who enjoys comedy, loves watching the show, you know, which is, you know, club owners, how they get where they're just like, yeah, this guy's not around or he's here or there. Look, Mark watches the shows and enjoys comedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you can tell his love for the, you know, you, you have to love it. If you're going to do it this long and, and continue to have like an A room in this country, yeah. You got to love it. Yeah. You, you have to love it because it's not an easy business. Yeah. So. 45 years this year. Amazing. Comedy Castle. Amazing. 45. Yeah. Incredible. That's great. All right. Um, I mean, it's he's, he's been around so long that uh, the club is going to go through a midlife crisis, get divorced <laughs> and buy a Porsche. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we're at that point yet. I think we're still people still discovering the Comedy Castle. After hey five years, which is hey great. Now. Hey now. It's a great place Love to it. be. Love it. All right. Well, tell, let's start, uh, Randy, your origins. Ann Arbor, you're at University of Michigan. Whose yeah. idea was it to do stand-up comedy? How did that start for you? So we had done it in high school. You know, imagine like two kids just like, I mean, we've done it in high school in St. Louis where we grew up. And then we got to Michigan and we started doing it at the university as part of like the U Club, which was like a university mm-hmm kind of sanctioned club thing and we were doing it once a month and then started doing it a little bit in ann arbor at the ann arbor comedy showcase yeah. which we've come back to many yeah. many times rod roger feeney one yeah. of the great guys in comedy as roger. well and love You've, that dude how many years and, did it take you to figure out roger <laughs> he is oh god he's the toughest most stoic 140 pound guy you'll ever meet we made him um, cry we made roger cry oh my goodness was, yes yeah when cry. during the during the pandemic when you know Everybody was having our time, specifically places that, you know, relied on live performances for your income and for your how it goes. We did a benefit for him and raised some money so that they could uh, pay the rent rent for a couple months and got him through. And now it's still thriving. That's great. Yeah, it's still there. Great guy. And like, you know, our ties to the university, having done stuff, you know, and having been visible people out in the world of entertainment on TV and films and stuff, like we reconnected with the athletic department and. Jay and I got to, this is so great. We got to host the pep rally at, in, at, at USC, which I, mean, wow. I don't know how many sports fans. So uh, first thing we say, we get on stage at the Galen Center at USC. This is for the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, it's great to be here at USC. Uh, great to be at the Galen Center, the house that USC built and then gave to Reggie Bush's parents. Why are we going after them? Why are we going after them? Oh, and, then, and then we said, and then we said, everyone's excited. We're here. Everyone is excited. We're here. We just got off the phone with Mel Tucker. He's very excited. He was breathing, breathing so hard. Really hard. Was, he, was he on the Peloton? I don't know. What I don't know. Saying. You know, we let him finish and then we and let him cook. Uh, let him cook. Let him cook. It was very fun. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, the Ann Arbor. So the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase doing that thing. Uh, uh, and yeah. then, you know, and another thing I, I'm, I, we're going, I, I got all these questions. I'm trying to time all the other sports. Sure. I mean, you guys are so ubiquitously associated with the world of sports, uh, professional yeah. sports, college sports. Where did did this start? Was this an idea that you had that you would 
uh, have a sports uh, sort of an inroad into that world, and that would be a thing that would carry you through your career? I mean, Jay, you can take that. Yeah, no, I mean, we were always big sports fans, and obviously when you go to the University of Michigan, you become an even bigger sports fan. We grew up in St. Louis, so like Cardinals, we were Cardinals fans, we were kind of football. Randy, are you out in the woods? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm out in the woods. No, I'm out in the wilderness. <laughs> I'm, having, I'm just having a walkabout. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yes, yeah, so we were big sports fans. And then our buddy who was the editor in chief at ESPN, the magazine, mm-hmm. someone we knew from St. Louis growing up and who was a fan of our comedy and just someone we sort of a mentor really in this business, Gary Belsky, he pitched a show to ESPN classic kind of like, is it dinner in a movie or is it mystery science theater 3000? We're not quite sure, but we just need two hosts to host it who have good chemistry and love sports. Uh-huh. And then we were like, Oh, that's interesting, Gary. Why aren't you asking us to do this? And he was <laughs> like, Oh, I didn't know you'd want to do a show on ESPN classic. And we were like, uh, yeah, we'd like to do a show on ESPN classic. And so, you know, we pitched, he pitched us as hosts. We came into ESPN, a huge meeting with all these people. We pitched all these ideas for what the show could be. And we had a good idea and they, I think they felt like they were in good hands with us and we delivered, we did what we said we would mm-hmm. in that very first meeting. And that show, you know, it ran, even though it was on ESPN classic, it ran yeah. for about six, six years. They reran it from like 2003 <laughs> to 2010. We made 77 episodes. We really focused on making it comedy first Mm -hmm. and sports is the backdrop. I think that's the mistake a lot of people make when they want to make a sports comedy show. They'll just be like, hey, it'll be kind of like a funny sports show. And it's like, no, no, no. It has to be a comedy first on the same level as, you know, Conan and The Daily Show and Chappelle's show and all that stuff. Hopefully that's what you should aspire towards. And then sports is the backdrop. So you have to pass the muster and the test and show that you know your sports, but mm. really you got to make, make this as good as any comedy on TV. And so we did that and we felt like we succeeded. We got to make this show we loved. And then that, you know, that's how we were brought to Jim Rome. Yeah. We got to know Jim Rome and we started guest hosting his radio show like 10 times a year and got to know that whole audience. And Rome just let us do what we do, which is just be funny Mm -hmm. and try to find what's funny about sports. Um, You know, anytime, like if Yao Ming is like starting his (laughs) own wine, wine company, you're like, we're going to talk about that for 20 minutes. I mean, that's, that's more fun for us to talk about some weird thing. Like if Baron Davis believes in ghosts, we're going to (laughs) talk about that for 20 minutes instead of running down the NFC East. Like it's just more fun for us. And that's sort of always been our niche within the world of sports is to find out what's funny about sports. And that for us became this place where we built this little, you know, industry. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and it really, there isn't a lot there. I mean, our buddy Jay Moore is fantastic in terms of understanding sports and being able to create comedy Mm -hmm. about it. And there are other people who kind of do it, but I mean, Norm MacDonald was incredible. And Mm -hmm. the rest in peace, he was, he was one of the best people to be able to merge those two things. And so, but it's a small group of people. So the fact that we kind of live in that air was, it was, it was a good lane for us and, has, you know, people really love that. Yeah. Well, sports fans don't give you any credibility unless you know what you're talking about. You, you have really to. have to. You have. Yeah. You have to. And so, like, again, we love it. 
Yeah. Sports is a great escape for us. You know what I mean? Jay and I will watch golf. Jay and I are watching like the the waste, the Phoenix Open Waste Management Classic. And we're like, they're not they're not drunk enough. Somebody get these guys drunker. I want to see this. Like I, this is like a bachelor party gone wrong where golf is like at the center of it. You know, it's like if you at your bachelor party invited Tiger Woods to be there. Yeah. Well, that would be a bad idea because he'd probably go home with this with the stripper. But yeah, the point yeah. is, yeah, the point is. That's what it was, and we enjoyed it. And then, so like again, the fact that we're like watching that stuff and enjoying it, and that's what we do, kind of to unwind. It's it's great. But but I will say yeah. this: what's cool, what's cool about it is obviously, you know, we know a lot of sports, and we and we tap into that. But that's not the only thing that our standup is about. In fact, it's only a small part of our standup, right. if, if at all. I think our standup kind of focuses more on the human element, certainly us being parents and that life and the parenting life, which for some reason, it's really funny. The more we've gotten truthful about how hard it is to be parents, the more it connects with even non-parents. Yeah. People out there who are just like, I don't want kids. And we're like, yeah, you're right not to want kids because kids will hang losses on you all day long. All they do is hang L's on you. And so like we will bring, we'll bring our lives to the stage. What's truthful to us. And that's been really, really connected. This last hour, this most recent hour that, that we're doing for us feels like the most true to ourselves, the most connected with audiences. It's been really fun to do. We can't wait to come do it. Right. Well, well, we're looking forward to it. I mean, it's uh, definitely when you're, when you're a parent, that is something that, uh, you know, and you have, everyone's either been a kid or has a kid. It's the most relatable thing in the world for, for anyone. Uh, And I always give advice. I teach comedy classes at the club and I go, if you talk about things that people experience, you know, that's, what's going to hit. That's, what's going to make you popular. That's a great point. And then the the trick is, and the really great comedians talk about things that people experience, but do it in a way that's uniquely their own. And, you know, Jay and I have a style of, you know, a two man comedy. There aren't a lot of teams out there. Yeah. You know, people ask, people ask us, what's the best part about being a comedy team? And we say it's that we get to get split with the, split money. the money. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's terrible. Well, that's the worst. Yeah. That's well, worst. that's why, why we, I was going to ask that question. I I remember getting started in comedy, and my mentor was a guy named Bill Hildebrand. He ran a club in Dearborn, Michigan, uh, Joey's Comedy Club. Yeah. And neither the club nor Bill are still around, but here's... uh, Oh, okay. But I said to him, I said, you know, I look on the wall at these clubs, and there's all these two-man teams. I said, why does no one uh, uh, do a two-man team or a a troop? He said, well, no one wants to split the money. I mean, that's uh, that was the actual thing That's a very good point. But, He's right. He was right. Yeah. But, but one then, thing. Well, but what, yeah, go ahead, what we're doing is different. I'm just going to say, Joel, what we do yeah. is we love it because it's unique. Yeah. And it's very unique to the two of us being twins that like we don't really talk about being twins on stage mm-hmm. that much at all. We maybe mention it once. Mm-hmm. The What we try to do is through our delivery and through our relationship on stage, which we open up so that people can see how we relate to each mm-hmm. other. It's you get it. You get that we're twins. Like there's nobody else can do that. And so it's interesting. You want to be unique. Yeah. And I think one of the things that makes your act so so funny uh, as I'm watching all these clips the last couple of days um, is that as a comic, we try to do like set up a punchline tag, maybe call something back from previous show. And with two of you. The other guy can do the tags. The other guys can do the callback. And it just and it hits you so fast. It's it just makes it that much funnier. Yeah, I love that we're doing. I love that we're doing a podcast now because someone described our comedy to us as like 
listening to a podcast on <laughs> 1.5 speed. You know, you listen to it on 1.5, you're like, oh, my God, yeah. it's coming so fast. I do that. It's great. Well, comedy, they say that the best comedy should sound conversational. You're just talking yes. to your friend. There's two guys, and you guys are having that conversation and bringing in the audience. That's right. it's, it's a hit. That's right. I mean, that that's the thing that, like, people in the crowd, if, if you do it right, and this is kind of, on ESPN is that it was cheap seats was interesting because people and so many people came up and said, I feel like I was just hanging out with you on on the couch. You know, like I was high, you guys were probably high. (laughs) (laughs) You feel like I was just hanging out with my friends on the couch. Well, so that's what you want it to be. The best comedians are conversational in that way on stage. And even if it's someone performing, like being more performative, like a Sebastian Maniscalco, Mm -hmm. he's still like, that's the way he talks when he's around his friends. It's maybe a little more amped up, but like, it's just, you want to be the closest to the way you are when you're hanging out, which makes audience members feel like, oh, I could do that. You know what I mean? There's this now this notion of like people just being like, I could do that. I was just helping you out, bro. I just wanted to talk to you. (laughs) Jay and I are like, hey, man, there's already two of us on stage. We're not a sketch group. We don't need your help. (laughs) Well, and and also what's cool, I think, with twins or with us, even seeing us on stage and seeing like this symbiotic relationship Mm -hmm. play out where we're finishing each other's sentences and we're connected to each other. There's a tiny piece of wish fulfillment in the audience of people saying, I wish I had a twin brother i wish i had a twin sister i wish i wish i had someone who was on the same wavelength as me or i wish my husband was more on the same way i'm just kidding no but i really (laughs) i think what they are saying though is like where they see a relationship in their lives like my wife and i are that's how we tell a story or my best friend or my sister who's lives eight thousand miles away but we still get on the Mm. phone and we talk like these guys and so they see themselves in a relationship in their lives in what we do. And it is like this, there's, there's definitely a feel good vibe that comes out of all of our shows, which is like, you're, you're in this experience that's super fun and uplifting at the same time. It you're laughed really hard and you had this fun experience and you leave the room feeling lifted up. That's how we feel. Right. Well, Jay, let tell me about, getting developing material then you know comics we sit down we write things in a notebook i mean is it because there's two guys can you do this more organically conversational is it hard to remember the material when you thought hey this is really funny let's do that tonight yeah so that's a great question we actually don't write anything down okay um we've never written a bit down but what we do is we're kind of like a band Mm -hmm. like someone one of us (laughs) brings in one of us brings in the kernel of an idea. Yeah. Um, like, here's a simple thing, and this might not even be a bit. Yeah. But uh, I, I was talking to my friend in Austin, Texas, and he he was saying he's how hard it is at this age to like start a new exercise thing. And and we both were kind of talking about that. I'm like, yeah, it's like you kind of just have to do the things that you do even though now we need it more than ever. And we were just having that conversation and he's like, I'm doing, I'm doing orange theory. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I threw up like three times. It's like too hard. And so he, he said that. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're doing orange theory. I'm taking this new uh, it's like orange theory. This class It's called orange is the new black theory where (laughs) you go into a prison and you have to fight for your life. So first, and so then I told Randy that joke and Randy's like, he says to me, first class I went into, I found the 
biggest person I could and I punch him in the face. And I'm like, you know what? You got to be crazy oh, yeah. if you're going to do Orange is the New Black Theory. Cause, and he's like, now I got to hang out with the Aryans and, you know, <laughs> I'm making license slaves, which is good for my forearms. I mean, and we just start making all these prison jokes. And, you know, I don't know if that's going to be a bit, but yeah. what's the way we sort of do it is the truth, the truth part of it, which is relevant to our lives, which we hope relates to people. That's the premise is that it's hard to start new exercise things when you cross the age of 50 or when mm. you're at 50 or whatever, when you're, when you've reached a certain point in your life or when you're a parent, yeah. it's hard to find the time to start a whole new exercise regimen. And so if you're going to do it, you got to go all in. And so then that's my friend said that I said this, and now we're into this thing. So I take that idea to Randy and then the two of us bat it around. Then we have to figure out how can we make this a Sklar brother bit? How yeah. can we create either an act out that involves the two of us or something uh, where we can, where we can bounce back and forth and one up each other. How can we, cause it can't just be like one joke and then one joke and then that's it. Mm -hmm. So for us, it has, there has to be either, like you said, like one upping each other with tags, which yeah. is really fun to do mm -hmm. or an act out where we are in a scene based on the premise of our sketch or it just becomes some other thing where, you know, Randy and I are now the teachers of the new orange to new black. Mm -hmm. I, we don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That, or, you know, there was, there's something that I've always talked about, about like going to a hot yoga class with my wife and like years ago, first time I ever went. And like the teacher is, you know, we, this is just a loose strand that we've always kind of talked about, but have never really put into a bit. Maybe this is where we park this into that bit, which the teacher was like naming all the moves in Sanskrit. And it's like 110 oh. degrees and I'm like hallucinating and I'm, you know, got my face in the ass of a guy in front of me who's wearing biker shorts <laughs> and his fat is hanging over it. And I'm like, I cannot function right now. And I hear her naming the moves and the positions you're in. And so she, she named one of them. And I thought oh. she said, Johnny, Johnny Sharasana, which to me, <laughs> I'm in a hallucinated state. I think this is the funniest thing ever. I'm cracking up in this class where you're supposed to be silent because I'm thinking that the Johnny Sharasana is like the one guy on the Sopranos <laughs> who tried yoga once right, and yeah. his friends won't, his friends won't let him forget about it. They're like, Hey, look at this regular Johnny Sharasana coming up here. Why don't you bend over and put your balls in my face? You know what I mean? It's like, I'll put you in corpse pose. So like then Jay and I become the two guys who are giving the other guy a bunch of grief. And you're like, oh, OK, this is this is, again, like Jay said, a little funny act out. And this happened to me. And we yeah. can, so it's like maybe we tie that to the this is the reason why you should exercise. So now we just walk around our neighborhood. Yeah. And so like that might tie to another bit mm -hmm. that we're doing. And so like you start to like put these things together and because our stuff is a little more lengthy and, you know, to be able to tie a few things together and to what we're experiencing in our life, it's kind of cool. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how we build material in right. that way. Does anybody ever do something where you go, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that or they, they you know, yeah. something you said, Hey, we're going to drop this. And then the next show, somebody starts into it and you're just like, what do you do at that point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have to be That's, pretty respectful. If I like truly, like if one of us is like, I love this thing, I really want to try it. We try it and it like doesn't go that well. Mm -hmm. And then the other person's like, the other one's like, ah, forget it. Like we gotta drop this. Yeah. But the other person is like, no, I really <laughs> feel strongly about this. I think the audience was wrong. Mm -hmm. Let's try it. And you try it one more time and yeah. it doesn't do well. So what you do is if you're going to go that far out on a limb, get mm -hmm. ready to get a ton of shit, like on the way back, you know what I mean? Like, cause 
you will get so much. Yeah. Like if you're like, we want to try it again and it fails again, then yeah. like the other per you're going to live with the ridicule of that moving forward. Yes. And so we try and give everybody, if you feel really strongly about something in this duo of ours, the other person has to let it go. It has to let it has to let it run its course. And who knows? Maybe that person was right. The first audience just didn't get it. Yeah. And then you come back and you're like, oh man, that's doing great. <laughs> so we kind of every Eve, both of us, we say this about our podcast. We do a podcast called yeah. Dumb People Town, and we mm -hmm. do it with our friend Daniel Van Kirk. And I love it mm -hmm. because we have funny people on. We just had Bill Burr on and Dulce Sloan on and Kathy Griffin. And basically you know, we bring up dumb like news stories that happen in the world, in the world of news, just stupid people doing stupid things. And when we're in the podcast, everybody has a steering wheel in the car. So if one person wants to drive the car this way, we all yeah. then sit in the back seat and the, the passenger <laughs> seats and we let the person drive. It doesn't matter. Everyone has a steering wheel. And that's kind of the way it is with me and Jay. It's like, okay, I'm going to take the car right now. And you have to sit in the passenger seat and you sort of respect that. Yeah. 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 That's great. Because comics, we have that kind of conversation in our heads. We argue with ourselves right. about, did that work? Right. Why didn't this work tonight? It worked the last two shows. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I'm just trying to figure out. So that is, one out. Of the that is one of the benefits. It's like, yeah. you know, we are like a mini writer's room in that we can bounce off each other. And then we also can like, you, you're, as a comedian, you're also like, a true crime detective after you do a show you're like why didn't that work and if you have someone with you who experienced it at the same time you can hash it out you can be like i think we just aren't clear on our setup i think the jokes are funny but the setup's not right or yeah you like, say i think we ran too fast yeah we we need to we need to beat this out a little bit more before we before we get we're, we're not explaining it well enough. Or you like bring in a forensic pathologist and you realize why was this, why was this bit, why did this bit die on stage? <laughs> so you're literally studying like dental <laughs> records and you're like looking into past histories of boyfriends and stuff. Yeah. And then sometimes you revive, you revive an old bit and you're like, Oh, Hey, it's a cold case. That's yeah. right. We brought <laughs> this thing back. Get yeah. to the bottom of it now. Five years later. Here we go. Um, That's right. Yeah. All right. I want to I, I want to wrap this up. I don't want to keep you guys too much longer. But you guys did a thing okay. in Detroit a few years ago, mm -hmm. I think. Now, if it was one year or two years ago, the the Super Bowl commercial with the Bernsteins. Amazing. Love the them. Detroit love sports them. Love legends. Tell us about I that mean, commercial. What it was like. Kirk Gibson, Barry Sanders, Rick Mahorn, Darren McCarty, and you guys. It was terrific. So we got to call we, Kirk Gibson. Ram, we got to call Kirk Gibson today. <laughs> he's we, come to the we club. We do have to call. Yeah. Kirk's he's been to the, the club. He's yeah. the best. Yeah. May, yeah, may, I think he's going to, if he's not in Florida, where is he, in Florida or Arizona? If he's not, if he doesn't go down yeah. to where he's going, he's going he's gonna to come this weekend right, and right. see us. Uh, but he, so our friend Mark Bernstein, who we went to college with, okay. he, he, literally one of our best friends yeah. in life. Like he's been in both, stood up in both of our weddings. We've stayed close with him for many, many years. We were on a trip with him uh mm -hmm. in the summertime and he's like i'm trying to figure out a commercial for you know a new sam bernstein commercial that you know i'd call 100 call sam that's you know funny and interesting mm -hmm. and poignant and we have this sort of relationship with these great you know sports legends and jay and i were like we were on like a long hike and jay and i were like okay we're gonna figure this out and jay to his credit was like i got it i got it and so we had the loose idea and we recorded it into a phone because okay. we're like we have to we have to remember this. We don't want to forget this. Speaking about like comedy and mm -hmm. bits and stuff, 
because we're like walking. We just had a phone. We're like, okay, we're going to record this. And yeah, it's a, the, it's a tri- I said the bit was it's a <laughs> trivia night. Yeah. And all the trivia is about each one of these Detroit legends who has, you know, mm. created such great memories for Detroit. Barry Sanders and uh, and Darren Aaron McCarty, McCarty, Rick Mahorn and uh, Kirk Gibson and Kirk Gibson. And so we talked about all their like legendary moments. And each time the trivia host, which is us, brings up a question. One of the other guys answers it for the uh, about the other person and beats them to the punch. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, and each time they're like, I was going to say that, you know, it's about them. And then the last one is, you know, about who's going to, who's going to take care of you from, um, from a lawyer perspective. And they say it all together yeah. and we cut to the Bernsteins and they say, we were going to say that. And mm-hmm. really it's just a chance to connect those guys with them. And, yeah. you know, the Bernsteins are just a wonderful, amazing family. Like they've done so much for their community. They're, we know them as just friends and people, but like, I know they're like, they've done a lot for Ann Arbor and for Detroit. And so uh, we've known Sam for 30 years and and Mark for the same. So we just love them. They're just great, great people. And they've been so loving and supportive to us. They're like family. So we were like, uh, yeah, we'll come to town, hang with these guys (laughs) and do these commercials with you. And And by the way, they were amazing. Like Kirk Gibson is like, he's got the most wicked sense of humor. Rick Mahorn, (laughs) You think like Rick Mahorny is a bad boy? What a, he's so self-deprecating. He's so funny. <laughs> Barry Sanders, the nicest guy in the world, and Darren McCarty, who's yeah. like I'm sure he's been sure he's been on the stage at Mark Ridley's comedy yeah, castle. He's, he's a storyteller. Yeah, he tours. He's a rack. Yeah, he's all over. Right. He tours. Yeah. I mean, and I'm and I'm just gonna say this: two years ago, when Detroit drafted Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. I said. I'm going to become, because we've always sort of been tangential Lions fans. We mm-hmm. just have been yeah. just by being connected. I'm like, I'm going all in this year because yeah. I hate the Rams and the Rams ripped our hearts out as St. Louis fans by leaving St. Louis and, and yeah. LA sports fan, LA sports fans are the worst. And so we're like, I cannot stand any, I don't, I hate the Rams. I hate the Lakers. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to root for Detroit and all of our Detroit friends. When I said that before that year, they're like, don't do this to yourself. This will <laughs> yeah. ruin your life. Right. Do not do you. You have the right. You have the ability to walk away. And I'm like, no, mm. I'm doing this. And and sure enough, they had a great end of the year. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And then this year was such a special year. It really was. They almost made it. I mean, you really got to give them so much credit. So for me, I say, look, I I don't want to take credit for the Lions being good, but <laughs> to, to all yeah. Detroit. The, the Squad Brothers jumped on the bandwagon, and look what happened! <laughs> you guys, look what happened! It was it was an amazing year for the Lions, and and hopefully next year will be even better. But who really knows? Totally. I don't know. All right, who I'm going to get you out. I, I got to tell you one quick story about. Uh, sure, it's actually sure. about that Bernstein commercial. Um, you yeah. guys filmed that at a place called Sneakers Pub in Ferndale, Love Michigan. It. Okay, and I want to let you guys know that bar is within walking distance of my house. And yeah, that's true. And even better, this is even weirder. My home that I am sitting in right now was at one time owned by the owner of Sneakers Pub. Let's go. Isn't that crazy? They were so nice. Oh, they were so nice. And that bar is so cool. Isn't that a great little bar? It is a great bar. It's been there forever. And I got to say, I feel like they could could do a comedy night there. (laughs) They could. Well, we've had comedy. That's another thing I want to tie back into Sneakers Pub is the first place I ever did stand-up comedy was on the next block, a place called Club Bar. They did a Thursday night open mic. It's the first place I went up, and one of the nice. I ended up hosting that show, 
in uh, the early 2000s. One of the guys that started at that club that I helped bring along is a guy named Nate Fridson, Who's your feature act our, this weekend? Our feature act. Yes. So Nate Frit so Nate Fritzen's the best. And Nate, it's like he is. we were in he's the our, greatest. Yeah. We were he's the greatest. He's such a good joke writer and a really good friend. And he wrote on our UFC show. We had him right okay. on that. He's he's fantastic. Yeah. Knows his sports too, like mm -hmm. huge sportsman. Yeah. Mich Michigan State guy proving Michigan State <laughs> and Michigan people can be friends. There you go. And so he so we were paired up with him. Roger paired us up with him in Ann Arbor. And it's like, you know, you get paired up with a feature act on the road. Jay and I like to bring our own feature acts. But you get paired up by the feature act on the road, mm -hmm. and it's like a blind date. Yeah. You know, you kind of are like, I don't know what is going to work out. And this is, they liked our profile, and here we are. I hope this person doesn't kill me on the way home. Yeah. You get it, right? Yeah. So you're like, so we're so we're watching him, and we're like, we'll watch the first, you know, mm -hmm. two or three minutes yeah. of his act and see if he's good. And then we stayed and watched the entire thing, and we're like, this guy – is such not only is he such a good comedian he's such a good comedian for us he yeah. sets the table so right. well his premises are great they're mm. long and involved and interesting and he's just got a great take on the world and so we started taking him out on the road with us yeah. and you know when we found out that he, he we got, got him back here for this detroit show which is just perfect so got a local guy yeah very excited but who's who's in new york doing his thing and and being very successful so we feel very honored he's a headliner in his own right he is we yeah. feel honored that he's coming back and featuring for us yeah it's a nice it's a nice thing and my, my one of my former students it is her first mc weekend this weekend with you guys as well megan nyesti i think you're gonna like megan too I nice I can't I love it. We're, I love her so excited, man. Let's let's fill this. Yeah, Do Randy it. and I try to give as much as much female energy as we yeah. can. But let's let's <laughs> fill this club this weekend. Let's fill it. Let's show Detroit. Like, let's make this a big party. We can't wait. We're so excited. Yeah. Well, I can't say it any better than that. Randy J, we're looking forward to it. Get your tickets over at comedycastle.com. Thanks again, guys. This was terrific. Thanks, Joel. All right, guys. Take care. Well, when you do when you have guys that talk as eloquently and as intelligently and as funny as the Sklar brothers, it makes my job real easy as an interviewer. So I want to thank Randy and Jay for talking to me today, all the way from L.A., two different phones. We made it happen. It sounded nice, I think. I hope it sounded nice in your ears. <laughs> we have five shows this week, and I'm sure we're going to have some sellouts, so please get your tickets. Go on ComedyCastle.com. Get your tickets. And again, what a lineup. Uh, Nate Fritzen, one of the funniest guys, uh, originally from Detroit, now works out of New York City and has worked with the Sklar Brothers for years and years. And my former student, Megan Nyesti, has now become an official weekend Comedy Castle comedian as the MC, and she's terrific. Big fan of Megan as well. So it's just a great weekend to come out, guys. This is it. You come on out. Maybe you, don't, maybe you can't do anything this weekend. Well, what about Sunday with Renan Hirschberg? How about that show? All right. Advanced Comedy Class Showcase. It's going to be one of the best ones we've ever done. That's Tuesday night. So much great stuff this weekend. Thanks for listening, you guys. We'll catch you next week on the Comedy Castle Podcast. Bye-bye.